Hi, this is Michael Graham. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice. With us today is Ethan Epstein, who has written a great piece on the uh, North Korea situation and the press. And Ethan, every once in a while, I read something in the Weekly Standard that I know can't be true, because if it were true, the world would be insane. So please explain what you really meant about the Associated Press and the North Korean government's propaganda wing sharing an office yeah i'm sorry this is going to rock your sense of reality but it is true the associated press one of the more storied names in uh, news generation out there actually shares its pyongyang's office it's pyongyang's office space with uh kcna which is the notorious north korean propaganda service the one that's always issuing those super bellicose threats and also i would point out the same new news organization that pointed out that uh the north koreans had discovered a unicorn lair a few months ago so <laughs> so that drives me crazy because i happen to know that the eritreans found the unicorn lair. <laughs> yeah, that's right it was it was totally falsely attributed so why is the ap sharing an office with a propaganda wing of a communist government uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, I'll tell you the reason they say they're doing it is because that's the only way they can get access to North Korea. And I'm sure that's true that one of the conditions on them working there was that they'd be pretty closely monitored by KCNA. And there we go. Now they have their office space shared with them. Uh, Ethan Epstein has a great piece in the current Weekly Standard, by the way, if you want to see the entire story on this. But I, I want to ask about the actual consequences, in other words, the news value that the Associated Press gets for having such a cozy relationship with a communist dictatorial regime and its propaganda machine. It in my opinion, has definitely shaped the coverage that the AP is providing. And, you know, there are a few reasons for that. One is it's it's obvious that the AP knows that if they go and cover the country too harshly, they're going to lose their right to be there and they'll just get tossed out. So I would argue they've the reporting there has sort of soft peddled the situation, has made things seem rosier than they are, and has also just presented a really narrow view of what it's like in North Korea. It's only giving the perspective of the elite in Pyongyang. They're not really getting outside of that box. They're they're quoting what they say are ordinary North Koreans, but you know those are people that they're not ordinary people. They're whoever the regime is allowing them to speak to. And that has, you know, that really affects the way the country is being presented in their coverage. Are the report is the reporter at the AP or the bureau chief, uh, chief allowed to speak to normal North Koreans? Uh, I mean, almost certainly not. She she is conceded in public. She wouldn't buy. I should add she, she wouldn't speak to the Weekly Standard, but she has spoken to more, shall we say, friendly news outlets. <laughs> and there she has conceded that whenever she's out reporting, she's with North Korean minders. Not only that, if she wants to request permission to speak to anyone when she's there, she has to get it cleared through the government. So there's, you know, next to zero chance that she's having any sort of candid interactions with North Koreans out there. It's all been vetted. What about the coverage of big stories, the coverage of uh, North Korean dissidents, etc.? Is the AP breaking the big stories? Certainly not the North Korea Bureau. You could make a case that the AP generally is reporting on things like human rights abuses and stories from dissidents. But the important thing to note is all of those stories are being produced from outside of North Korea. And in fact, all of the reporting that's coming from inside North Korea is actually less informative than the coverage that originates elsewhere. But where else are you going to get the coverage of the joint Associated Press North Korean propaganda photo? Uh, uh, you know, uh, what, are, what is it? A, a display? The I, I'm messing. Oh, up. yes. Oh, no, no. So 
I, I think what you're referring to is last year in honor of the hundredth and hundredth uh, birthday of Kim Il Sung, the utterly brutal dictator who ruled over North Korea for uh, 46 years. He's the grandfather of the current Dauphin. Uh, they did a KCNA and the AP did a joint photo exhibition in New York, which purported to show quote everyday life in North Korea. But uh, as reports, I, I didn't actually attend the event, but I read reports of it, and apparently it showed that all of the North Koreans were, as they said, happy and well-fed subjects. And I, and I'm certain that's the case, given that, as I said, this was organized by KCNA, the propaganda organization. No, no, no. It was organized by the Associated Press because it was a joint photo gallery display. A uh, fair point, fair point. But of course, the AP in North Korea is basically an arm of KCNA. But sure. I'm trying to remember the New York Times and the uh, and uh, Goebbels working together on any of their photo displays or reporting in the 1930s and 40s. Am I missing something? Uh, well, there was, of course, a famous uh, case of the New York Times uh, soft peddling the uh, starvation under Stalin. Sure, so it does it does. But my point is that yeah. you would never have this kind of cooperation. Under normal circumstances, I want to ask you while we've got you, Ethan, about the broader story out of North Korea. Uh, obviously, I start my day with the WeeklyStandard.com and get almost all of my information there. But occasionally, <laughs> I will read the Wall Street Journal, and they have I'm an excellent. I didn't hear that. They have an excellent op, uh, uh, excellent editorial today, recounting how wrong. We have been and the West have been, and in particular, people who thought they could make a deal with the North Koreans have been every step of the way from the plutonium weapons program to the uranium weapons program, on and on. It seems to me that what we can see is an inexorable march towards a nuclear North Korea that has the ability to deliver its weapons via a missile, unless the West and somebody acts. If that is the case, and if it really is the case that a nuclear North Korea would be unacceptable, I can see why South Korea, Japan, and others would say so. Are we? What is the plan? Is is someone going to say this? All of all of the oil deliveries and the food deliveries haven't worked. They never keep a deal they make. They are going in one direction, and we are going to have to stop them. Uh, I'm very pessimistic about anything being done. Primarily, I'd say because we've passed the point of no return. When when there was a time when we could have done a preemptive strike or at least stepped in and forestalled more nuclear development, that, that could have been something that happened. But we completely whiffed on that opportunity beginning in about 1994. And uh, now we're really reaping the consequences because uh, you know North Korea is holding – Basically, their own population, the South Korean population, the Japanese population, potentially the population in Guam and elsewhere hostage. And I think people have made a rather, I would say, you know, a rational uh, decision that now to attack North Korea would be to invite just too much destruction. So we're just going to, because of the mistakes that the appeasers made in the past, we're just now going to have to live with a nuclear North Korea. It's very frustrating to see Senator John Kerry, who got Korea just as wrong as he got Syria, Iraq, the Cold War, et cetera, et cetera, seeing him uh, on the point guy on this. But if it is the case that we can't stop them, then isn't the in inevitable result a fully nuclear and fully weaponized North Korea? And is the world really prepared to deal with that? Well, I mean, we're still trying to do things like freezing uh, financial accounts associated with the nuclear program uh, in the hope that we could stop the full weaponization. But that, of course, is also going to take a degree of cooperation from China, the main uh, the main benefactor to North Korea, which we have not seen. And unless, you know, the, the allies of North Korea or at least the non-enemies like China and Russia, unless they really stop in and either say, you're not getting any aid from us unless you drop the nukes, 
then, uh, I mean, I don't think we are going to be able to do anything unilaterally unless they uh, step up. Ethan Epstein, thanks so much for joining us on the Weekly Standard Podcast. This week's podcast brought to you by Audible.com. Sign up today and get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice. Uh, please check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.